Welcome to the Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion, as hosted by your favorite soft boys, me, Kevin. And me, Daniel. Daniel, how the fuck are you? Well, although you would like to call us soft, I'm feeling a little hard today, my dude. Why do you feel a little hard? Now, now, hold on, hold your horses. What? what? <laughs> it could be all the great gaming talk we've been fucking talking about this week. We've been just talking games at each other. Yeah. Or it could just be the fact that we went to the gym again. <laughs> So we're doing this thing where, uh, I don't know if it's just your workflow that is permeating every aspect of our lives. Yeah, probably. much like our recording schedule and everything else, you deemed it that we need to get consistent at the gym. Yeah, And let's talk about your consistency schedule with that for a bit, because this was, what, your fourth time this week that you went to the gym? God, I'm so glad I get to be that (laughs) asshole that talks about his regimen. Yeah. Oh, it's just unique. Are you getting those gains, man? I'm getting those good, good gains. Yeah. No, I'm trying to lose those gains, because I said to myself, this is exactly the age that papes enjoy getting fat. Like, for some reason, papes, if you don't know, we're, we're, uh, we're the kind of folk that up until, like, maybe 25... Adonis, beautiful, mm. beautiful man. My my father had hair for days. It was amazing. Until your twenty sixth year comes and you open your own bread route. <laughs> <laughs> you were living the Entenmann's lifestyle. <laughs> the Entenmann's carbs, McDonald's lifestyle, uh, slamming back uh, diet cokes on the daily. Yeah. So this happens to all papes, and we start uh, gaining this tire around us. And I said to myself, "Fuck, I've I've passed the, the threshold. I'm twenty eight. So I'm in the I'm in the red right now, dog. I'm in the red. So I was like, let me go to the gym. Let me try to work out these these LBs and let me push myself. But what's been working for me in all aspects all aspects of my life is making some sort of schedule for myself. Mm-hmm. Help with streaming. And I work out, I do Tuesday, Thursday, and then I do Sundays with you, like like we're boyfriends in the in the morning. Well, we only get that one shared day yeah. off. So it's like we're you know, some people might get mimosas and brunch. We're hitting the ellipticals. Like animals, <laughs> throwing on our favorite like Law dispute songs. Like animals, yeah, <laughs> yeah, jamming to music. Sometimes podcasts. I think I listen to podcasts when I'm when I'm running, and if I don't agree with the point being made, I run faster. <laughs> well, I like this BTS talk of how you work out and what's going on with you. BTS behind the scenes. Oh my god! Come Sorry. on, you're on Twitter. I thought you were referencing the uh, Korean K-pop band. Well, the K stands for Korean. Is that why I'm having trouble when I search things on Twitter? I'm getting like this mixed bag of like behind the scenes stuff and then K-pop. You're getting a lot of shirtless Korean boys, ain't you? Hmm. Yeah, more than you thought you would. Or maybe exactly enough. <laughs> it's just enough for me. <laughs> Daniel, let's talk about video games. Let's do it, man. Before we, or, or we could do an entire podcast about shirtless Koreans if you'd like. That's fine. Well, we're going to save that for the save room after hours whenever we inevitably launch that. A initiative. Patreon exclusive for a Patreon that doesn't exist. I'm actually really stoked to start doing that and have a more freeform, ridiculous drunk cast with you. A drunk cast? Yeah. Because historically, me getting drunk on air has gone terribly. Just ask episode number six. <laughs> Our triple A game sustainable. That's the one episode he actually does listen to when he's on the elliptical. Bane of my fucking existence. Yeah, that makes me go five miles an hour. <laughs> I, gotta go, I gotta get away from this. <laughs> it's chasing me. Um, so, oh yeah, let's talk some video games. You've been playing more Spider-Man? I've been playing a lot more Spider-Man, although not nearly as much as I wanted to. Mm. I promised myself that this weekend I would have it beat... Um, or else Spider-Punk would come into my bedroom and stuff my ass full of pigeons. Um, <laughs> as he is wont to do. But mostly I wanted to have it finished because we want to do a Spider-Man spoiler cast this week as well. Oh yeah, so. heads up. I guess that's a little bit of housekeeping. So you are going to get not one episode of Soft Boys, but 
two episodes of Soft Boys for the price of nothing. We don't charge anything. Or, That's a save room great value. Or make money or off bad. of this. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, <laughs> so later on in the week, I'm guessing probably toward the end of the week, you are going to see our Spider-Man spoiler cast, save room reviews, Marvel, Spider-Man, PS4. <laughs> yeah. Knowing how we go off the rails, it's going to be combined about seven hours of content. And we're probably going to review every Beanox Spider-Man game and <laughs> the comics. And we're just going to go off the rail really hard because that's what we do. Like we're talking about Pepe Silva. We're going to be like connecting all the Beanox Spider-Man. Like, oh my God, they knew what Neversoft was up to. <laughs> so this might be the one episode where I let you write on my TV. <laughs> yes! <laughs> just, just so you can chart things visually. I've been waiting for weeks. But we're going to dive really hard hard into our spider-man talk on that episode we're gonna talk costumes we're gonna talk story we're gonna talk what we love about that game um, um his bod yeah uh, uh, Pete, honestly yeah pete's bod for sure so i'm rocking this one spider-man 2099 costume yes you and are god damn is he cut he is poured into that spandex like i look at pete in that spider-man costume i'm like yo my spider-man fucks <laughs> yo your spider-man definitely fucks and it's not always good for all parties involved oh no <laughs> not at all so i've been playing a lot of that i think i'm in the end game now i'm in act three okay pretty stoked to see how that one ends because the narrative is really picking up right now for me and i'm kind of like yeah let's see where this fucking goes i think just by the the nature that like i wake up i woke up at nine today and started talking to you about spider-man like immediately i am so excited for this fucking podcast because i want you to get to the end it's one of my favorite endings to a superhero game that's neat yeah i we're gonna like gonna the more you talk about it the yeah. more excited i am to finish it i think i got kind of bogged down by open world stuff because i was like i want to complete this all before mm. i do the story but then i knew we had to record and i'm like eh, maybe i can just push that stuff. that's what i'm saying like i was like yeah it's fine not recording it today because don't treat that game as a chore really enjoy it take your fucking time i can't believe it's only been out for like a little over a week i feel like i've been yeah. playing it for like a month but no that's just how much i play it and how much fun i have when i play it it's it's amazing so the other night actually i was out i was doing my own thing and i heard a thwip it was the thwip heard around the world <laughs> and i come home and i check my trophy list and lo and behold you have unlocked platinum number 14 for yourself pop that plat my boy he platinum spider-man number 14 on the list oh goodness and that one weighed it was a quick one mm -hmm. but let me tell you it was a good one i was a lot of fun um would you say it was probably one of the more enjoyable platinums you've gotten in recent recent times absolutely yeah yeah it was it, it was, you got to a certain point where it was like i don't feel like it's impossible to get this platinum and what it's doing is going to encourage me to see all the content that i was enjoying anyway like mm -hmm. like take the collectibles we talked about the backpacks i was gonna get all of those of course i'm gonna yeah. get all of those and in fact it's actually not as punishing as most other games because there's a bunch of like um suit upgrades that you can unlock and different stuff and in-game challenges like you know free running or mm -hmm. uh, speeding up while uh web swinging and whatnot but it doesn't like count those towards like trophies because other games i'm looking at you fucking capcom would with dead rising yeah. would be like no you're gonna spend the next 17 days trying to get these plats and i'm like no 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 no, no. this game is kind in that isn't way. there one trophy in dead rising where you have to kill as many zombies as there are you have denizens to, in yeah. that city like you what? kill the population of the goddamn town in zombies. and somebody uh i think they're talking about this on kind of funny they they measured out the time that it took it would still take you like 17 or 16 or 17 straight hours of mowing down zombies in the most efficient way to get that trophy capcom who the fuck do you think we are what kind of time do you come think we have come on with your dead rising platinums and your the monster, monster hunter? hunter one's bad too. that one i like 
I wake up some mornings and I have this worst taste in my mouth. And it's probably because I haven't brushed my teeth yet. But it's also because the Monster Hunter World Platinum. Well, I've been doing stuff we can't talk about on, on air either. Yeah, that's yeah. true, too. Let's club that out. Cut this out. <laughs> uh, yep. What's interesting for me here is that the last few Sony exclusive games, like the big marquee titles like Horizon Zero Dawn, God of War, those platinum list seems like they come pretty easily like mm-hmm. they're not a chore they kind of just cart you away to parts of the game that you knew you were going to go through anyway and they don't really require you to do too many demanding things or sink your time in a way and they seem consistent too they have this like look at uh, god of war yeah. and horizon and spider-man don't require a difficulty mm-hmm. trophy so you can play it on whatever difficulty setting you want but still go after the the platinum uh, kind of kind kind of kind um, for Spider-Man, I wouldn't mind if they told me, oh, you got to beat the whole game in like hard. Like I love that game so much. I would play it again. I told you today, I, mm-hmm. w- I would, I'm definitely going to play the new game plus for that one. Even, even though, even if they say there's no trophy with that, I'm like, no, I love this game. I'm going to keep on playing it. I don't know if they're going to, because although they did one for Horizon, they didn't do one for They God announced War. that they're doing a new game plus. No, I mean the trophy set for oh, new game plus. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, no, I know oh, they're working on it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. They confirmed in a tweet. In a reply, actually. I love when we get, like, headlines based off of, like, a reply where, like, some yokel's just like, hey, when the fuck is the DLC coming on? Somebody's like, March, bitch. And then it's like, hey, Kotaku got it. <laughs> it's just the age we're living in, I guess. I know. It's, I don't know. It's, it's fascinating. So. Fascinating. We've been having our fun time with Spider-Man. Awesome. We're going to give you more of that later this week. He's a sweet hard body. What else have you been playing? Something else came out this week that you picked up. I have been playing Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Total Eclipse of the Tomb. As roommates... I just want to let you know, I know we don't often get chances to discuss our mantra philosophy, but Save Room is closed-circuit open world. It's going to be one of our first shirts. Absolutely. And I'm a big fan of games like Batman and Tomb Raider, that it's it's kind of like a condensed open world where it's kind of littered with collectibles and things, and it's super granular and rich with detail. I love that these two franchises have, have like taken that ball and championed it. Now... Tomb Raider in specific really love the reboot, the first reboot. We're both mm-hmm. fans of it. Oh, it's great. Two, still good. Needed a little bit too much, especially it, in the collectibles department. It was more the same. They definitely like cleaned up the combat and some of like the skill tree things. Yeah. But I feel like they went overboard with the collectibles gotcha. for that one. So part three is largely the same game, which is not to say is a bad thing. It, okay. It's always foundationally been great to play, you know, the arrow combat and sneaking around mm-hmm. and and the environmental puzzles, always a highlight for this franchise. In fact, I like that this one goes a little bit harder on, like, the amount of tombs that you raid. Because yeah. I hear fans where it's like, that's their favorite part of the fucking game, just give them more of it. And I have already done, like, maybe three or four optional tombs mm-hmm. that have been a delight. I honestly, <laughs> like, if they released, like... Tomb Raider, Tomb Rush mode, and it was legit just right. tomb after tomb after tomb. I wouldn't care because I feel like the narrative slows down the fun I have with that game sometimes. Tomb Raider Tombathon? I'm there. <laughs> I'm there for it. I'll sign up day one. Hell, we can do a season pass for like, give me like a monthly drop of tombs. <laughs> I'm into it. I'd be stoked about that. I'm really into that. But um, this game, so as the title belies, it has a darker tone to it. And in fact... There's this really cool sequence where you get to play as Lara when she was a little girl at Croft Manor, and it kind of is like, it just speaks to the character really well, like that they they took this kind of slice of time to say like, alright, let's get out of the jungles and let's get out of like blasting people in the face and, and putting, I don't know, fire rocks into cans and throwing it at their faces. We're going to just focus on her as a character, mm-hmm. and she's like climbing, like, um... 
she has like a playground or a treehouse essentially in the backyard, which by the way is like this $100,000 treehouse. The world's most expensive treehouse. It's bigger than most houses in Washington here. Jesus. <laughs> Probably got some French designer from like overseas who is who is a fucking savant in his field and they're like, you're going to make a fucking playground for my little girl and you're going to get paid more than you ever got paid. I'm a Croft. Fuck Listen, you. the Crofts had connections. <laughs> Crofts have connections. Crofts have some cash. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a cool moment because like you're climbing the house and she's like kind of kind of doing this um this inner monologue where it's like oh the the valiant whatever is going to sneak past the king and mm-hmm. solve you know look for the treasure and it's so like it's it's cool and cute and then they end it with um uh lord croft's suicide like just fucking crash that moment and i'm just like Ooh. Uh, yikes i don't know like totally i'm just like it makes some choices to be like a weightier a weightier expansion to this universe mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like it's rough <laughs> are they doing it at the expense of the character you think <sighs> i don't know where Lara stands in these reboots okay i really like i i find it very hard to relate to her ambitions the first one made sense she's a survivor her back is against the wall part two we kind of get to see that she's kind of obsessed with this shit a but, little bit. And, and she's like taking her father's vision and his his life's mm-hmm. work to another level. As if like re- she'll somehow redeem his life through that. And they'll give her, and they gave her an enemy. They gave her uh, a bad guy in part two, uh, Trinity, the yes. cult. But they, I still don't feel like they gave her uh, like a very clearly expressed purpose in her mission. And why she's really, really doing this. You know, because like... It seems like there's moments in this game where they try to call her actions in the question, mm-hmm. especially her friend Jonah, because there's this big moment where it's like, it, it is a totally selfish moment. She takes something that she shouldn't, and it ends up, it results in this cataclysmic fucking event. And it's just like, yo, it's hard to, like, I like it when they show a hero, a hero being fallible, but the loss of life incurred in this moment was just ridiculous where it was like lara take a fucking break and look at what you did yeah (laughs) like and i'm hoping that this this game or at least the narrative in this game gets to a point where we get that moment of like self-clarity and like holy shit i need to be more responsible like in my line of work and what i do you know like i but then again, it might just be like, oh, well, you're going to shoot more bad guys in the crotch with a fucking arrow, and it's more of the same. It's interesting to come from what we just got, what we're playing currently still, like Spider-Man, a character that seems like he has a lot of responsibility and weight to his actions to be playing as, then playing as somebody like Laura, who's just like obsessed and kind of deluded by the work she's doing and kind of serving her own vision. It, and it's interesting to see these foils around her because they're thinking what we're thinking. You right. shouldn't be doing this. This is wrong. But I don't know if they they're trying to cleanly like draw a line either, or maybe they're maybe they're intentionally keeping it ambiguous. Where for a character or a heroic type like Laura, it may service her better to be a little clearer about like where she stands and mm-hmm. is she even capable of self reflection in moments of like, yo, you just yoked an entire village because you wanted a fucking ancient knife. Come on, dude. They even had a moment where the bad guy is more nuanced and scolds her ass for doing this. He was like, I never imagined you would just take it. And it's like, it's one of those moments where it's like, dude, can we talk about this? Don't just give it to me and not like go through the ramifications. Cause like literally five minutes later, it's like, oh, plane crash. Now you got to hunt some animals yeah. and scavenge. And it's like, no, 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 no. If you want to have any gravity to your story, take the time where time needs to be taken. I'm excited for that more nuanced uh, antagonist because I feel like the bodies like um, Trinity, that sort of collective mm. organization that is just evil and serving their own purpose, 
they don't really they're like kind of one note and i would like to see a villain more like akin to i forget his name the villain from uncharted 4 uh rafe who kind Mm -hmm, of yeah shows images and versions of drake that like we haven't really thought about Mm-hmm. So. Him being kind of addicted to it and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I, I see that in lore a lot. And it's interesting to see two different companies with blockbuster AAAs handle that exact uh, idea in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if uh, Square Enix, or I, I should say uh, Idis Montreal, is handling it as aptly. But I I'm, I haven't gone through the full ride. I want to see more gameplay-wise. I'm still enjoying the shit out of it. I do think that they're a little too afraid to change the formula when we're about we're about due for kind of a shake-up in those Tomb Raider games. Because it's three games that are very uniquely the same. Do you think if it stayed in Crystal Dynamics' wheelhouse that we would have probably gotten a more progressive story with her or something different? Perhaps. Or because it switched to Idis Montreal, maybe they just played it safe. Maybe. I think so. Maybe it's one of those um, Arkham Origin situations, Mm. which is actually a pretty good analog for this. Maybe they're working on a more ambitious Tomb Raider game, uh, Crystal, right now. Or are they working on Avengers? Aren't they working on Avengers right now? I think they are, yeah. Ah, dicks in a bag. Oh, well. I am interested to see them return to the franchise and see what they have to say, especially after the response to what this game is, because this one was kind of a little uneven of a response. Some people love the shit out of it. Some people are kind of saying the same things I am. The reviews are kind of all over the place. People don't really know how to feel about Laura. (laughs) They say, like, the same stuff that worked for the previous games are all there. Like, the exploration, the combat, the tombs, but it's just, like, there's something about lore that's off for people. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in getting your read on it. Like, when, when I when I plow through it, because I don't think I'm going to be, like, 100% it, uh, I'm gonna put I'll money, toss it your way. I'm going to put money on this right now. I don't think you're going to finish it. Whoa! Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't think so. No, now that you said that, fuck you, I'm going to finish it. Listen, you played Rise finish that two game. separate times. And you fell. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, this is fair. Yeah. This is fair. You're calling me out on air. It's true. It's all right. I didn't have interest enough to finish Rise because the mm. story did not take me. And I, since it's baked in with so much of the side content for the re-release in PS4, I felt like I got enough of that fucking game. So I was just like, I got to move on. I think something else came out too. I was like, eh, maybe I'll come back. But turns out by the time that I wanted to come back, they made a third goddamn game. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but this one, so far... I, I I like it. I do like it. But cool. We'll get to it. We'll I'm glad it. you bought it because I do want to borrow yeah. it from you. Um, oh, oh, I I didn't even get to say the best part when I wrote in the notes for this. Uh, so Shadow of the Tomb Raider is quite possibly the greatest 3D puzzle platformer since Gex Enter the Gecko. <laughs> You're so proud of that. I am. Did you say that on stream? <laughs> what was I drinking when I wrote that? <laughs> I never know what you're on. You're on some grade of mescaline half the time you write. <laughs> at least a light grade <laughs> um oh i also got a chance to play the Mega Man 11 demo that they snuck on to uh eShop and whatnot yeah. i played it on the ps4 actually tell me about it i'm gonna keep it simple it's hard but it's smooth as fuck cool that's it i'm excited i'll pick it up when it comes out did you think it would be anything short of sound like gameplay wise well remember this is kind of a big transition from Mega Man 10 to 11 mm-hmm. as far as uh, art style goes because we're actually going to the 2.5d realm and so we get more animations when he walks and you know how he interacts with stuff and hit detection it's different than a 2d like a literal 2d platformer and mm-hmm. so far it feels fucking great uh i i really enjoyed also the extra mechanics i forget what they call them dual machines or whatever goddamn garbage but essentially you have a slow motion button that is finite does finite mean you run out of it Mm -hmm. yes okay so it's finite (laughs) 
<laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Like, even in slow motion, the animations are really smooth. Hmm. That's what I got for you. Cool. I'm going to pick it up. I am excited to see more of that. I'm excited to see more of you. Oh, here I am. Look at me. Here I am. Am I looking any different to you these days? You have less hair than usual, not because of uh, male pattern balding. <laughs> Don't worry. I take my chewy gummies that help strengthen the protein bonds of my hair. Are those called hymns? Hymns, yeah. This podcast is not sponsored by hymns. Nope. But we're talking about it. Hopefully they'll sponsor us. <laughs> Please, somebody sponsor us? No, you, uh, you went from... Um, fucking shoegaze uh uh hair metal to to looking i don't know pretty pretty salty pretty salty i like it i went from looking like serpico to looking like uh daryl palumbo from Glassjaw. he's got that short hair look kind of clean beard kind of not clean beard can't really tell you had the opportunity to make up any name i would not have known the difference okay well i give it to you honestly you could have been like jim Colombo <laughs> of Glassjaw. So now, like, yeah. we're almost indistinguishable, you and I. We're the same person. Yeah. And then if we both get, like, hard bodies from our, our gym regimen, we can go into, like, wrestling. You want to be a tag we, team, dude? We could be a thing. The Saber Boys? Thing, dude. Yeah. We already have a combination name, Kevin Daniels. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on business cards. Our, just contact Kevin Daniels. Our finisher would be called the closed <laughs> circuit. Oh, my God. <laughs> we would just, like, <laughs> wrap around whatever uh, enemy we were fighting. I love it, dude. It's good. You got some quick hits on here, dog. I do believe I have some <clears throat> quick hits. So one quick hit I didn't write about that was kind of interesting. Mm. Uh, Fumita Uada. Who? The creative director behind Eco, Shadow of the Colossus, The Last Guardian. Oh. He's working on a new game. Oh, shit. What is it? Shadow of the Colossus 2? I think it's supposed to be in the vein and spirit of that. But that's all we know. Last Guardian 2? There's, there's literally no details on it at all. Ico 2? <laughs> i'm running out of games to give it a sequel to man what, what, what do we got <laughs> i mean of all of those the ones that you could sequelize probably eco okay like i would want to see more of that story would you want to see them ever fuck around with a multiplayer game god no really no really not at all because for me like i feel like going forward into a fourth entry they really need to work on kind of doing something better with their game mechanics and controls they're more bent on telling like really mm. insular heartfelt stories that have impact over doing a multi i like to call them moving painting games moving painting games yeah, yeah. okay so I, I honestly don't really know what i would want for this i'm surprised they're even getting another chance but with sony behind them i feel like um it's not Blue Point. It's um, not Blue Japan Point. Studios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Japan no, Studios. It's Gen Studios, isn't it? Oh yeah, next Gen, Gen Studios is his new shit, and that's not necessarily uh, Sony's bag, right? Mm -hmm. But they are probably going to publish on PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, probably. But uh, I mean, with their backing financially and otherwise, I feel like they're always going to have a chance to experiment and do new things. Can I, can I point out how mischievous your fucking cat has been since we started this program? Hey, she's like knocking down hey, stuff. Trico. She's been chewing at the cord. She's been going underneath the bed, like in and out. What an anxious little cat. She was literally sleeping. Yeah, before like we started a second this. ago, and she heard the mic kind of. Or that's not how mics do. <laughs> she heard the connectivity and she she whenever she i plug won't. in the mic it goes ow <laughs> basically it's weird um so that's one quick hit hit there another quick hit that i've got um assassin's creed 3 apparently is being remastered it sure is apparently yeah it's supposed to be included as part of assassin's creed uh, odyssey's season pass 
They're mm. making this whole effort to have a long-term year one and year two plan with this game, and part of it is re-releasing that game, remastered uh, across, I think, PC, PS4, and Xbox. Okay. So. Um, I gotta tell you, mm-hmm. probably not my first pick for remastering if we're digging back into the uh, AC catalog. Three was a very... Uh, it was a pretty uneven entry. Yeah? Yeah. See, yeah. that's one that I was always interested in playing because I love the setting of, like, colonial America. Trust me, the concept got me, like, right away. Mm-hmm. I was totally into it because I was like, this is kind of a... I kind of understand some of this history because yeah. that's all we got to learn in fucking public education. We never got harder into other countries. <laughs> Shit. Um, so, the game itself, though, it introduces some mechanics that you think would be cool, but they just didn't really... They felt half-baked. Like, you can um, parkour around trees and stuff. And okay. it looked really cool in the bull shots before the game released. But then in execution. In execution, it was like, uh, this is janky. That's so cool. it's not a smooth experience. And some of the story just kind of doesn't doesn't really land. And I, I think Connor had an issue. Like, he looked cool, but his characterization was very difficult to, like, land with general audiences. Especially coming off of Ezio being this swarmy, charming protagonist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connor was more of like a reserved character that like wasn't a personality first kind of dude. So it was it was very tough going off of three fucking Ezio games to what Assassin's Creed Three was. It had a weird weird standing in the franchise for sure. Interesting. Did mm-hmm. we only get one shot with that, uh, with Connor? Yeah, because then it jumped to Desmond, right? Yeah, it did. Well, it um uh what what, what you mean? What, well, Connor was the character you play as, and then in, we played as Edward in Black Flag. Desmond okay. was... This is the one that kills Desmond, actually, now that I remember. Oh. Spoiler, bitches! Oh, damn. Desmond dies in this shit. And it was an awkward death, and it was kind of like, oh, I guess we wrapped up his story in an otherwise kind of whatever game. Okay. <laughs> it was very strange. Yeah. I just want to know, Go do ahead. I get to stealth kill anybody with a musket? Let me think back. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could. That's cool. Yeah. Well, it's neat. Or, like, assassinate one of the founding fathers with, like, the Declaration of Independence. I'm not saying it shouldn't be. (laughs) What? (laughs) Just get behind him and be like, you're gonna die tonight, Franklin, real slow. (laughs) Real slow. That would have been a better game. (laughs) Uh, I'm not saying, like, it doesn't deserve a remastering. I like that they're, you know, bringing it back for audiences to kind of... I'm actually interested what the second response to it would be. Now that we've gotten, like, a little bit away from its, its gulf, its initial reception. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, no news on how much it's going to cost outside no. of the season pass because they did say they will release it um, as a solo venture. I don't even know. True, true facts, Doug. Um, but March Man, 29th. you're doing some, some really sly journalism you know up I mean? in here these days. Yeah. You're getting in there. You're in the tweet space. You're, you're picking through the fat. I love it, dude. I March love 2019, it. though, if you're interested. Ever since you cut your hair. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of on the internet, I do have a shout-out article of the week, and I just found it today, but it hit so close to home. Here's the title. It's My Favorite Final Fantasy Taught Me Some Bad Lessons About Love. Written by Monica, oh god, uh, Uzerowix on Kotaku.com. <laughs> I tried. I really tried with your name there. But you can find that article on Kotaku. Essentially, her favorite game was Final Fantasy VIII, <laughs> and she spoke from uh, uh, what she describes a straightish girl's uh, perspective. <laughs> I love that description, by the way. Uh, so essentially, we have the stoic character Squall, who 
is kind of wears this armor of deflection for other people. He won't let people get close to him because he suffered a very extreme loss when he was younger. And Renault is this very outgoing, essentially, as, as Monica describes, a manic pixie dream girl mm-hmm. of the RPG universe. Essentially. <laughs> and the cat's back for fucking round two. You see this shit? <laughs> and... I never thought about some of the things, some of the points that she raised about, I was like, you know what? I'm the squall in that position. I took a lot of of his stoicism on and was waiting for this kind of like misfix it to come along and kind of break through that. But the point she was making is like, well, that's such a awkward and wrong dance because this person is showing squall, no interest in Renoa and none of his actions say, Hey, I could fall for you. But the, the instant that she pulls away is when he suddenly decides, Oh, I love her. And it's just, it's right. It's like, damn, this makes sense. All of my ex-girlfriends would agree. I mean, that does speak to the idiot teenager in you and me. <laughs> yeah. Chasing love in the worst sort of patterns. Mm-hmm. And who knew you'd find that in a Final Fantasy game? Who knew? I, I've i never played too far into Final Fantasy VIII. I think I probably got like six to eight hours into it. It's like a decent bite. Mm-hmm. Um, but my takeaway is still... Squall, man. What a stoic guy. What a stoic guy. And I can see kind of where you, you get your influence from him from. Whatever. Yeah. That That's that's one of his lines. Yeah, <laughs> he just, just says whatever just to be. Whatever. <laughs> it's, is it weird to me, though, that like mm. I feel that he is indistinguishable from Angel, most notably David Boreanaz? Another it, huge influence on Kevin? <laughs> well, I think it's because he was voiced by David Boreanaz in the Kingdom Hearts games. Oh, that merger was perfect. Stars aligned. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> That's why I hate Kingdom Hearts 2. They got rid of him as a voice actor. They really did. They fucked up a lot of the voice work in that game, actually. Game should be a 2. <laughs> I piss off people that love Kingdom Hearts by saying that. I'm like, no, part 1's good, but 2? Garbage. Like, why? Well, see, there's this guy named David Boreanaz. He, he played a character who was a spinoff of another show. <laughs> and basically, they walk away after that. Hey, Daniel, I got a shout-out video of the week. This Wait, is what? a first... Yep, Whoa. you hear it. I actually, all caps in the in the doc, video. I can see that. So this one is called How Okami 2 Almost Happened at Platinum Games. It's part of the Game History Secrets by Liam Robertson. We talked about him on the show before. And it can be found on Did You Know Gaming uh, with a question mark on YouTube. It's a very, very cool little history because um, a lot of members, including the head of Platinum Games, came from a studio called Clover Studios, which made a few games for the GameCube, a part of this little era where they they uh, uh, created Okami mm-hmm. and Beautiful Joe. And at a certain point, the head, uh, or one of the heads of Platinum Games was known for striking deals with big publishers. You're, you'll remember Transformers Devastation with Activision was a game that they fucking made. I forget. Uh, Near Automata with Square Enix and all this shit. Like, they have a history of it. They wanted to work with Capcom again because they're like, hey, we're familiar with them and just makes sense. And they wanted to talk about, you know, doing either Okami or Beautiful Joe. Mm. And Capcom actually preferred Okami, which can probably be denoted by the fact that they re-released Okami 1,700 times. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it fell through. The deal fell through uh, actually around the time that they were working on Scalebound for the Xbox. Okay. Sad to see these these otherwise like, dude, these are exciting notions just kind of fall through the cracks. But but they're actually Capcom is still friendly with Platinum Games. So there's a potential that we may get something, if not Okami 2, but something out of the two. That'd be cool. I want that. So 
you yeah, mentioned I, this to me earlier before we sat down to record, and I kind of like bobbed my head side to side. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting, but like, I don't know. I don't know if I would bite on it if they actually did it. Because why, Daniel? I mean, or I, por qué, Daniela? Well, por qué, which is also because in Spanish, Kevin. Is it really? Yeah. It's it's actually Kevin. Kevin. Yeah, you have to say the the V like a B. Okay, Gabian. I know because my my grandmother would say Gabian. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> your abuelita is very present in this room right now. But for me, I I think I've picked up Okami no less than three times, mm-hmm. and I've finished it zero times. Mm. I think I've gotten to like the last like stretch of the game, like the last world area, and just kind of put it down for one reason or another. Mm. Not no knock against Okami because it is a a wonderful experience, and the gameplay is super sound and. I, for action adventure games, it gives you a lot to do and it handles very well across every idea it has. I just, I don't know. I don't know why I never saw it through to the end. Beautiful boy, I'm going to ask you a very simple question. Sure. What could they do to make you want an Okami 2? I don't know that I necessarily need it. I feel like the first Okami told a very self-contained story. <clears throat> and I feel like if they did another one, it would probably be in the spirit of it. It wouldn't maybe <clears throat> deal directly with like Amaratsu, but maybe like another hundred years, this great dragon curse happened again. And we need a new hero to kind of <clears throat> rise to the occasion and, and save the day. I can kind of see that being a, a big draw too, where it's like, hey guys, we know it's not like exactly a continuation of this, but it's still in the spirit of Kami, you mm-hmm. know? I would I would definitely dig on that too. What about Beautiful Joe? You want that Beautiful Joe? Yeah, you do. Look at you, you crazy son of a bitch. You want that Beautiful Joe? I got Joe. those big eyes. You got those big sport. eyes. But you got some news for me. I do. So we got some soft boy news this week, which is... Hang, hang on, hang on, hang on, what? hang on. This is real news. Let's not call it soft. This is where the news begins. Okay. Okay. Credit where credit's due. Well, I appreciate that. You remember that. what happened to the writer of the, with the Witcher series? <laughs> we talked about it last week, guys. We did. <laughs> but I, I just want to make a distinction. I I wrote two things here that I thought were just kind of like worth mentioning. One is a little heavier and maybe should be lumped more into the harder news. But um, just things that I kind of wanted to just discuss <clears throat> real quick. Go ahead. So here we go. Hit me. Number one of the soft news. Entomologists and lovers of Metroidvanias rejoice. <laughs> Hollow Knight is slashing its way to PS4. Now... If you're trophy whores like Kevin and I, and blew your load on the Switch version of Team Cherry's Hollow Knight, only to inevitably drop it for a lack of said trophies, you're in luck. This week, Team Cherry announced on the PlayStation blog that PS4 users will soon be able to take the plunge back into the ruins of Hallowcrest with four expansions in the most definitive version of the game. Entitled Hollow Knight Void Heart Edition, Team Cherry promises more action, more addicting platforming adventures, and even more bug-centric bosses for you to exterminate. Void Heart packs in the original action adventure with over 150 harrowing foes and more than 40 epic boss fights. On top of the base game, you'll get four content packs with new quests, bigger boss fights, and even more abilities for your little knight. The Hidden Dreams, Grim Troop, Lifeblood, and Godmaster packs promise hours of additional content, challenges, and you guessed it, (laughs) bugs. Mm. Hollow Knight Void Heart Edition comes digitally to the console September 25th for a mere $14.99, with a 20% discount being offered to those who pre-order it. And if the lack of a physical release bugs you, fret not, as Team Cherry has hopes to release one down the line in 2019. This chaps my dick, Daniel. I spent $15 on the Switch version and got the base game. You can, I can get it again on the PS4, like get everything, get all these weird additions, including the Lifeblood Grim Troop. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the Godmaster. What a good game, though. Like, I know I didn't give it, like, a, the fairest shake because I put it down for a while for Dead Cells, mm-hmm. but it's a good game. 
I just want to say that's it. It's a great it's a game. game, and I think my problem with it when I was playing it was it wasn't that I was enjoying it. It honestly wasn't even the lack of trophies. Like I'll, I I say that we would play more. No, we get them. Yes, I, I say we would play more games on the Switch if there was like an achievement or trophy system. But honestly, like this game was enjoyable, and I felt it was challenging, and I felt like every time I sat down with it, I was excited to plunge deeper into the world and try and progress. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just I think something else came out. <laughs> and i was getting frustrated Story of our life well i was getting frustrated too because i wanted to be able to stream it mm. and i couldn't and then i just put yeah. it down and never picked it back up so i don't know i'm excited to get it i don't know if i'll get any further hopefully i do but the trophy system definitely incentivizes me a little bit oh uh this is kind of a side branch but it still pertains uh remember when i was at pax fan gamer had a huge booth there they have a shit ton of hollow knight stuff i, I thought you would think some of them was pretty cool they had a bunch of pins uh like of the hollow knight face mm-hmm. and whatnot it's good stuff they have the plushie too of the main character that's really cool real 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 with this little little yeah. switch yeah they had some dope ass designs for jackets too yeah you get a free plug fan gamer I would, I would sure love a hat shout out to you fan gamer shit they don't make hats <laughs> I'm stoked for this. This is probably one of the best Metroidvanias I've played since Sundered. Ooh. Those also, are some mighty big words in the house of Kevin Daniels. I don't know. The levels look cool. The lore is cool. I like the progression of um, ability unlocks. I think that is really crucial to a good Metroidvania, having abilities that mm-hmm. help you traverse the world in unique ways and really um, service the backtracking of the game. Yeah, so, no, yeah. I, I, I think there's actually a pretty good flow to that game, mm-hmm. for sure. Ah, uh, I'll let you... I'll let you read your other news <laughs> okay well i also have a number two on here kevin <laughs> what a number two i wrote two things who did you fucking pull the alarm before you before this happened what what no it was a silent alarm jesus Christ. yeah that's why your senses were tingling all right hit me number two here well-known twitch streamer dr disrespect had his house shot at while on stream this week the gulf between being a popular internet presence and living your personal life is one for some entertainers that is ever decreasing and becoming more dangerous. Case in point, this past Tuesday, Guy Beam, whose on-air alter ego is Dr. Disrespect, was streaming Call of Duty 4 or Call of Duty Black Ops 4. During the stream, you can hear a loud bang in the distance off-screen. It's unclear whether something fell off or fell or if maybe he had been swatted, a practice where as a joke, people anonymously call in fake bomb threats at locations where people are live streaming. Beam excuses himself and comes back moments later without his signature garb on, visibly rattled. He reveals that his upstairs bedroom had been shot at, with the bullet connecting and shattering a window. He revealed that this was actually, in fact, the second time his house had been shot at. Quote, I've got to end the broadcast right now. Someone shot at our house, Beam says during the stream. Broke the fucking upstairs window. This is the second shot someone shot yesterday at our fucking house, and someone shot again right now, connected with the house upstairs. End quote. He curses the shooters, calling them cowards, and promptly apologizes before ending the stream. According to Polygon's Julia Alexander, a deputy was dispatched to the home, but fortunately, no medical assistance was needed for his family. Beam addressed the situation later Tuesday night, tweeting, quote, The doc and family appreciate everyone's concerns and well wishes. Thankfully, no one was hurt. The situation is being handled appropriately. In the meantime, stream will resume tomorrow according to schedule, end quote. It's very fortunate that Beam and his family were not injured. Hopefully these tasteless scare tactics are one-off situations, and Beam is not the target of continued harassment. It's important to note that, while the assailants may think their actions a prank, they're all the more chilling in the wake of Jacksonville's mass shooting at the Madden tournament only two weeks prior. So, 
I saw something online somebody discussed, and I mean, there's several discussions kind of erupting from this and other events. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, is that we have individuals that are not used to celebrity that are being put in the spotlight, and actually, there's a lot of eyes on and a lot of access to them, and they don't have the same precautions that somebody let's say, in Hollywood would have, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure that there's a, you know, security system in their home or maybe even a, a detailed, like, guard mm-hmm. <laughs> at some point, you know, depending on how visible you are. Like, I would, I would imagine that PewDiePie might need, like, some sort of entourage to travel with, you know, like, he's everywhere. Eyes are on. Yeah. So, and I was like, that's a very succinct point because it's like, you know, otherwise it's just people, just normal dudes that started making content, built a following, and what comes with a larger and larger following is this very tiny subsection of sometimes just dangerous entities mm-hmm. or or at the very least negative, you know, like you get that negativity whenever you put yourself out there. But to think that some of them might cause you harm, that's scary as fuck. It, it becomes especially harrowing, too, because like you said, a lot of these streamers, they just start streaming one day, they build a following, and maybe they're not streaming over the most secure um, connections. Mm-hmm. Maybe at one point they let their address out or maybe details about their home that they otherwise shouldn't, and people kind of jump at these opportunities. I know Dr. Disrespect is Beam's like alter ego, and he leans into that really hard, and maybe people aren't really about it. Maybe they kind of, it was he was targeted from like an opposing streamer or somebody who didn't like something he said. You, you really don't know what the situation is, but the point is it is kind of startling how easy it is to access somebody in their home mm-hmm. like that and target them for one reason or another. And I think it's just, I don't know. It's, it's a really unsettling situation. The fact that this man was streaming and he, like I was watching the video of it happening. And I was like, I don't know what's happening yet. I don't know if he's mm-hmm. being swatted or what. Cause I've, I've seen quite a number of videos of streamers being swatted and even that's unsettling to, Oh yeah. To see how completely happen. unsettling, but then to see him come back and kind of have a serious demeanor about him and really dress the situations like, dude, like somebody literally shot at your home. Like mm-hmm. that was a violent attack for what reason? Mm-hmm. No time for characters at that point. No. Uh, I did hear that it was reported that it uh, might have been BB gunshots mm-hmm. uh, against the South. Still, it's like, it's fucked up. Like, imagine. Just imagine that, you know? There's so many instances of, like, where we put ourselves out there and it's like you're vulnerable and not thinking about, like, the worst. You're not thinking about somebody that's just like, you know, somebody died during a swatting. Mm-hmm. I think that happened last it's year, a- right? Yeah. It's like, yo. <laughs> it's It's insane. And especially when it's... It could just be, like, goofballs being goofballs, but it's fucked up. And especially mm-hmm. after the events of, like, Jacksonville, it's like, yo, no, this is a bad time to try to be goofy. We're funny about this because it's serious. Yeah, I don't know the sort of person it takes to make a situation like this their own and kind of joke around with it. Like, I don't know where you get off thinking that's even funny or entertaining. Like, oh, man, people are watching Dr. Disrespect right now. Let's see if I can't ruffle his feathers while he's playing Call of Duty. It's like, no, dude, just maybe say st- something stupid in the comments. You don't need to take that extra mile to like kind of go out of your way to like really rattle somebody. Like, what if this was a serious incident and somebody was home? What if his child was upstairs or his wife even? Like, but that's isn't that the pratfall? With increased visibility, means you open yourself up to people that are unhinged, mm-hmm. that can't be reasoned with, with just what you said. You know, that doesn't make sense to them. It's like, no, I need to do something big. I need to be seen. I need to hurt. You know, it, it, that's scary as fuck. It's definitely scary. And I, I think a lot of conversations are going to uh, kind of bubble up about how do we keep ourselves safe, you know, especially for content creators that may just have like a small, like 50,000 people following or something, you know, that's true. it's like, well, you know, it, 
any one of them, like uh, any one of your fans can walk up at like a, a meet and greet or something. And mm-hmm. That's it. That sucks. I've heard so many instances of like people, whether of his status or even smaller streamers, um, most notably like female streamers and personalities mm-hmm. who like uh, people will find out where they live, yep. they, like beyond their like, oh, um, yep. what do you call it? Um, give me a second. What am I looking for? You're looking for my love. No, the ma- like oh. a mailing address that people have that isn't necessarily their their address where people can send mail to. PO box. Yeah, where people send like beyond like their PO box, people will find out where they live and like harass them and stalk them and send them gifts and things that they might think is sound or romantic, but in actuality, it's kind of creepy and kind of terrifying to think that people go that length to find you and do these. I'm things. waiting for the day that we get a clown painting of us. <laughs> <laughs> we just come home from work one day and it's just like you holding me and we're wearing clown makeup fucking american horror story what is it carnival <laughs> what was just that one called shuhei's just doing this across his throat <laughs> this is what you get for saying quantum dream is <laughs> a painting that nothing supernatural could happen to but will still at some point start leaking blood <laughs> I'm tired of this. I don't like that. I don't like that don't at like all. I don't like it at all. I don't like it, buddy. But, um... Yeah, what do you got for me? I'm glad Beam and his family are okay. For it's sure. It's an otherwise really ridiculous, senseless he, situation. He seems like a really earnest dude. Didn't he, he get, uh, the Game Awards, like, t- uh, trending gamer of the year? Like, for last year or the year before? Or I'm something? not entirely sure. <sighs> Maybe he did. He right. seems like a genuine dude, because, like, yeah. you were telling me about this one video where mm. he was streaming and somebody, like, asked, like, who his favorite streamer was mm. and responded, oh, Dr. Disrespect, and he, he kind of, like, kept his personality going. Was, yeah, because like, oh. he didn't know he was actually playing with the doc. Yeah, yeah. The doc. And what did he say? Uh, he, he essentially said, like, oh, yeah, well, like, like, doc said, I hear he can be kind of a jerk or something like that. And the guy was like, nah, man, I really appreciate his content i really like i'm there for him you know i'm, I'm a big fan and like he the doc stops and like has a moment where like he tears up a bit he gets like, choked oh, up on oh. screen like it's he like, can't even do it yeah like i think dude. he walked away for a second and i appreciate yeah. that sort of genuineness he seems like a really cool down-to-earth mm-hmm. guy outside of his personality yeah so, so. what have you I'm got glad you're me? safe doc i'm glad you're safe i got some new news for you it's all the news the best news this week for you from last week but for this week but this week yeah that makes sense anyway <laughs> You're going to hear some dates and be like, that happened, Kevin. I'll be like, I know, I'm in the past. Whoa. Number one on my list, Daniel. (laughs) Get woke, Wake stands. Alan Wake is coming back. Uh, Just not as a game. Remedy Entertainment's playable love letter to Sleepy Town Horror is being adapted into a television series. Contradiction Films is backing the project, and the game's creator, Sam Lake, will executive produce. A Mr. Peter Calloway was courted to write and showrun, having worked on two Marvel adaptations, that would be Cloak and Dagger and Legion. I'm such a big fan of Legion. Speaking the variety, Contradiction Films producer Thomas Harlan said Calloway's pitch, quote, blew it out of the water, <laughs> end quote, impressing both Remedy and Sam Lake, who historically has been resistant to working with Hollywood. Using the narrative of 2010's Alan Wake game as a starting point, Lake promises the TV series will expand on the titular author's, quote, crazy and dark universe, end quote, and even incorporate story elements from the unreleased and unrealized Alan Wake 2. Hmm. The Lake of Sam said, quote, not only that, but through the years, we've worked on multiple game concepts and stories for Alan Wake's world that never seen the light of day. All of this material will function as potential source material for the show, end quote. 
Contradiction has brought video games to the screen before, such as 2015's Dead Rising Watchtower, which is such an excellent adaptation, and you can tell because everyone talks about it all the time, yeah. <laughs> but Thomas Harlan makes Alan Wake sound like his white whale. This is a real quote, Daniel. It's the finest story I've run across in video games. That cat is screaming. She's screaming for Alan Wake. She, she loves way Alan. more. She's a Wake stand. Oh. I've played through the game maybe 50 times. Oh my god. Quote. Wow. I mean, it's good, dude, but 50 fucking times? I don't think I've ever played any game 50 times. No, Resident Evil 2. Anyway, Harlan hopes that the show's potential success allows Remedy to finally make Alan Wake 2. But Sam Lake, on the other hand, is a man so used to grimacing they use his face for the original Max Payne. That's a true fucking fact. Hmm. Quote, At the moment, there is no news of any further Alan Wake games. As before, we're exploring these possibilities and hoping to make it happen when the time is right. End quote. So, we have no date, no network, and no idea who is in it. But Wake is woke, baby! Awaken my love. <laughs> Interesting. You didn't play Alan Wake, right? I did not. I think I've said that statement 14 times on the show before. And we've <laughs> referenced it so many times, yeah. even despite me I, never playing it. It's a spooky, supernatural thriller game that's kind of like Twins Peak. Yeah, I know what it's about. Twins Peak? Twin, Twin, Twin Peaks. Peaks. There okay. we go. I, I made a prequel called Twins Peak. <laughs> Only had one. <laughs> anyway, um, it, it's very neat. You you basically play as Dean Koontz walking around and his imagination is haunting him, which I imagine what the real Dean Koontz goes through every day anyway. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but it was a neat game, and they, they made kind of a quasi-sequel to it, uh, American Dream? No, American Nightmares is what it was. Mm -hmm. And that was neat but not fulfilling in the least. Okay. We wanted a part two, because part one needed some more baking, needed some more love, and I don't know. I wonder if it would have been more more of a success if it wasn't stuck as an Xbox exclusive. I think it came to PC eventually, but I wonder if it was a part of everyone's ecosystem if it would have been like Alan Wake 2 is a for sure thing. Yeah, I mean, when you open up games to being cross-plat, you open up the opportunity, obviously, mm -hmm. for more visibility and mm -hmm. better sales and all this other stuff. Yeah. I don't know if Remedy worked exclusively with Microsoft. And... For that one, they did, yeah. Okay, so that kind and, of And they also worked one. with Microsoft exclusively for Quantum Quanti Break. Yeah, Quantum Break and... Mm -hmm the new one that they're doing uh that one's called control Control is well that's a sony exclusive is it yeah neat so that's cool it's a neat looking game this is awesome um especially mm -hmm. for alan wake fans because the idea that they had a wake lot stands. of wake stands whatever dude. <laughs> i'll let you have that one for the fans who maybe stands who had more ideas where the series could go and for the um for carter to be like well hey we had all these great ideas that we didn't get to use but now we're going to for the tv show that's actually super dope it's super dope but also kind of scary because mm -hmm. it almost cements that part two is not going to happen if they're going to use these ideas already yeah for the show so unless yeah. like a second video game becomes a sort of adaptation of the series oh well they tried to do that with quantum break actually yeah they tried to do a cross media thing hmm. and i don't really know how that one worked what, however they get to it, I would be super down with Alan Wake 2. And this TV series, open open mind. Didn't Contradiction Films also give us a Mortal Kombat movie? Yeah, they did. So What was it, the Rebirth or whatever? I think Legacy or Legacy. something? That yeah. shit was good. The first season was good. Mm -hmm. Season 2 was, uh, it was a stretch. The Three Dead Rising films, on the other hand. I didn't even know they did those. Um, it, it is actually some of the great... No, I can't. I can't even keep, <laughs> I, I can't even keep on with this conversation. Okay. We, don't, we didn't need it. We didn't want it, and we got it. <laughs> Fair enough. But I like that they're approaching Alan Wake as a TV series. 
you know? Because it's like, he even had a quote, Harlan, this guy who is apparently the champion at this fucking Contradiction Films, uh, said that, like, it's easier to condense, or not condense, but translate, like, a 40 to 50 hour experience to a TV series Mm -hmm. than it does trying to be like, greatest hits this two hours. And I was like, wow, you actually get that. Well, I don't know how you would want to see them executed, but I do think it'd be fun to see them sort of do, like, a paranormal instance or monster episode of the week where, like, each episode focuses on, like, a different sort of paranormal activity with Alan Wake. A big thing is they actually want to focus in on the different characters that okay. uh, you couldn't play as but were a part of Alan Wake's, uh, you know, universe. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a potential for that. I honestly don't mind what they would do because... What it is is a distillation of X Files, Twin Peaks, yeah. and all that shit into into a fucking video game. Who knows how it's going to survive the mincer of going back to TV? <laughs> I listen, do it well. I'll be there for it. That's it. Sounds cool. That's it, dog. Come on, dog. All right, I got a ne- I, this next one's going to require me to um, pronounce things in Japanese. So, save roommates, please bear with me. A whole nother segment on the show that is reoccurring. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the meta of the show. <laughs> Number two on the list is Yakuza Studios has taken a momentary break from re- <laughs> from releasing nine Yakuza games a year and has instead announced a brand new IP called Judge Eyes. Do we want to take a moment to do our impromptu theme song for it? Judge Eyes! Judge Eyes! Judge Judge, 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 judge. Sorry, I love the name already. Apparently, they have a tentative name of Project Judge in the U.S. until Sega can land on something undumb. Okay. I don't. Come on, man. Keep Judge Eyes, please. It's pretty cool. It's so good. Judge. Sorry. Okay, we're we're going. Fans of Kadoo's Gangster with a Heart of Gold saga will notice that Judge Eyes Judge Eyes feels less like a new property and more of a spinoff of the Yakuza series. It uses the same engine as Yakuza Six features insane street brawls, and is even set in the fictional district of Kamadocho. Oh, God, I hope I said that right. Nailed it. The, <laughs> the backdrop for every Yakuza game. The story follows Takayumi Yagami, quite possibly the only Japanese name I can say without embarrassing myself. Good job. He's an ex-defense lawyer turned private eye, an overly pretty man equipped with a flashy leather jacket and a strong distaste for injustice. Besides pummeling thugs with his impeccable martial arts skills, something he picked up in law school, Yagami will have to lean on the tools of his trade to solve crimes. This includes taking candid snapshots of adulterers, donning a number of disguises, and using drone copters to spy on people in high-rises. That's right, folks. This game has voyeurism and violence, which should honestly be its Western title. (laughs) Japanese listeners can look for Judge Eyes December 13th with a localized version expected for the West sometime in 2019. This game looks ridiculous. It looks ridiculous. Everyone sharing the gif of him like skateboarding, jumping, and bashing a dude in the face who's riding in the uh, driving a car with a skateboard. <laughs> it's so good. This dude's a private eye. He's a private eye and he's gone beautiful. rogue. He's a beautiful angel of a private eye. You see him, his hair is impeccable, and he knows every martial art. All of them. I saw. He actually shoots lasers out of his hands at one point. I am not fucking with you, dude. He shoots lasers out of his hands at one point. I don't know why. I don't know how that serves the plot of him being a private eye. It's just the way of the fist. <laughs> but it's there, and I want it. It's there, and I want it. The other thing that interests me about this game is that I don't have to penetrate literally 
12 years mm-hmm. of Yakuza mythos to like enjoy it. I like that this is a cool, probably a cool onboarding point that might get people to like see the love that's been baked into the Yakuza games for all this time. Because I think it's starting to splash our way with Zero. Mm-hmm. People started like waking up and going like, hey, wait, wait, wait a second. Yakuza's always been kind of good. I mean, it's very weird, but it's, it's kind of good, right? <laughs> I think this one's going to be the another onboarding point that I'm, I'm definitely about. I don't know why. I saw it and I was just like, this is video game squared. I, th- I think that's why, because it speaks to that, that kid in you who loves goofy video game concepts that are just executed in sound ways. It's so... The, I love it. The combat looks really great. It looks really fluid in it. I know. It looks like something I'd enjoy to play way more than some of the earlier Yakuza games. Although I do have a lot of interest in Zero and Six. I'm sure it's going to have four years of cutscenes and oh, in interpersonal drama, fucking detective thriller drama. But I'm so into it. I, wanna, I just want to chase down people in fucking Japan. That's all I want to do. And since I can't really... I mean, I could do that in real life, but it'd be a short trip. <laughs> yeah, and you you might have the the trail of another judge eyes following you. Like, what's this guy doing? I'm sorry. Did you say judge eyes? Judge eyes. You have these very judgy eyes right now. They're judgy as fuck yeah, right they're now. Fucking, they're fucking. Ju- they're pouring over <laughs> your glasses right now. God, it's like one of those uh, you know paintings with the eyes everywhere I walk. I feel judgment. <laughs> <laughs> any any other thoughts on this before we move on? I'm just, like, imagining the sort of fucking ridiculous situations that the titular character is going to be in. Spying on people in the shower. Spying on people in the shower and then fucking, like, coming out of, like, the toilet tank and just smashing them with a plunger for whatever reason. I wouldn't be surprised if he's, like, wiretaps a son of a bitch and then drop kicks him out of a high rise. <laughs> like, that is the escalation of events. They should call this, in the States, they should call this Homeland Security. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think I'm excited for the inevitable uh, film adaptation of Judge Eyes. Judge Eyes! <laughs> yeah, those are my thoughts. All right, so the rest of this episode, strap the fucking save roommates. It's all gonna be Nintendo from here on out. You know how they say it's all it's turtles all the way down? It's fucking uh, Koopas all the way down, okay? Wow. We're going hard on it. It's so because the Nintendo Direct happened, the one that was delayed... Uh, because of the earthquake, it occurred, and it was honestly, for me, I'm not speaking for you, for me, I was kind of into it. Mm-hmm. For being someone who is just so used to being critical of Nintendo, <laughs> which is, I didn't ask for that role, I just, I'm just a man with a with a loud mouth <laughs> and well, eyes. I think as long-term Nintendo fans, we've earned the right to be a little critical. You have a Legend of Zelda tattoo. You do. I do. That means you're the prime, I mean, and I have a Nintendo quality seal on my ass, so... <laughs> So I feel like we might have a say on this, but before we got into the fun, fun direct shit, I wanted to kind of detail Nintendo Switch Online, and I'm just going to present some stuff for you. Sure, just the and face we're gonna shoot through. I even include an FAQ at the end of this for for the audience's Well, thank you, because I have a lot of questions. No problem. We're going to try to sort through them. Uh, we, we'll get we'll call Reggie in a, in a few minutes here. Well, I will <laughs> get keep my judge eyes to myself until this is over. Judge eyes! Okay, number three. On September 18th, Nintendo Switch Online will launch. So by the time this episode out, I believe it will be unto yeah. the world. Okay. Tuesday, September 18th. Yep. Like Xbox Live Gold and PlayStation Plus before, Switch users will need to pay for a subscription in order to play multiplayer games online with their friends. Thankfully, the asking price isn't too steep. 
For a single Nintendo account holder, you can pay $3.99 for one month, or $7.99 for three months, or $19.99 for 12 months of service. Damn. A family membership can also be purchased for $34.99, which actually covers eight Nintendo accounts for the kids. Now, of course, Nintendo is offering more than the ability to squat up online with Splatoon. Switch Online lets you back up your save data to a cloud, which happens uh, automatically whenever you're internet connected. Okay? If you're switching switches, all you have to do is sign in and download those saves. There's a caveat here, but we'll get to the FAQ in a second. Okay? <laughs> Hold your questions. You've been raising your hand this entire time I've been talking. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. We'll get there. Okay? All right. Exclusive to Nintendo Switch Online subscribers is a library of free NES titles retrofitted for online play. 20 games will be available at launch, including classics like The Legend of Zelda, Super Mario Bros. 3, and Ghosts and Goblins, with more NES titles to be added every month. Also exclusive to Nintendo Switch Online members is the privilege of paying Nintendo an additional $59.99 for a pair of NES-style controllers compatible with the system. These new old boys will begin shipping mid-December. Daniel, without further ado, here is the FAQ. To avoid safe scumming and online cheating, certain titles, such as Splatoon 2, will not support cloud saves. Do you want to? You want me to go through these, or do you want to kind of... No, you can keep going. If I have gotcha. a comment, I'll... Gotcha. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, the next one is, the moment your Nintendo Switch online subscription lapses, your cloud saves will be deleted. This includes your NES save data. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I didn't mean that. This includes your NES games. Okay. <laughs> Save data must be stored locally on your console to avoid digital execution. Next one on here. Speaking of your free NES games, in order to maintain access to them, you'll have to connect online every seven days or they will be wiped from your system. Next one on here. <laughs> your nephew's favorite game, Fortnite, will still be playable online with a, without a subscription. Nintendo hasn't exactly expressed why, just that other games may not require Switch Online. It may be that Nintendo is mirroring Sony's policy to exclude free-to-play uh, free games from their self-imposed so, self paywall. Sorry. The Nintendo Switch smartphone app is still your only way to voice chat. Nintendo has teased more special offers for subscribers. Nintendo hasn't said what these special <laughs> offers are, but they sure did tease them. Thus ends the FAQ. Work through this with me. Daniel, I need your strength and your big dick energy. Okay, so I'm going to lay my dick on the table right here. And, and praise Reggie and co. for affording the online service at a very, very cheap price. It's a good price. Uh, what, $4 for three months? Yep. Four dollars for three, or no, 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 no. It's four dollars one, one month. month for four months. Yeah. Hey, fuck, you're fucking. Hold on, hold on. You're fucking my mouth. I'll, I'll, I'll look at it real quick. It's um, uh, the, 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 four dollars for one month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight dollars for three, and twenty bucks for the year. Not fucking bad. That that's a really economical, sound price to be paying, especially in the way in the um, no, in the wake of like PlayStation Plus, which is like sixty bucks a year, and the same with um, what is it? Xbox Gold. Mm -hmm. Same deal, sixty bucks. Sixty bucks normally, yeah. So yeah, I. Now, that's a steal. When you start to kind of chew through the information that has come out around surrounding these details, including from Nintendo themselves, mm -hmm. you start to understand why it's such a value proposition. Or, I should say, why it's so cheap. Because it seems like you're, you're getting what you pay for. 
a little bit here. Honestly, though, what am I paying for? So a lot of my problem with this is, okay, you are clearly not bringing virtual console back in any capacity yet. You're drip feeding us these these yep. NES games that you've given us, you know, via time the, and time again. The NES, uh, what was it? The what did they call that one? The NES classic, the NES uh, classic. Console? Yeah, the little boy. Um, yeah, the little boy. And <laughs> what we've already gotten through Virtual Console and various other emulations. You're not giving me anything new. And it's even almost offensive to think that, like, if I don't check in with Reggie and Co. every seven days, I can lose them. Why? <laughs> Why? And that makes absolutely no sense to me. We're, I, I don't know what they're afraid of on the back end. Maybe they're afraid of some sort of, like, piracy happening, and that's why they do this recheck. But, like, it's... Well, it makes sense with the cloud saves and all that. But that's, like, a tough thing for a consumer to digest, especially if they are a savvy gamer. They live in an ecosystem where the competition doesn't do that, Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So why do you have to, is the question that comes up. And no matter how many smiles Reggie can give, I don't know if there's a sufficient answer beyond... Eh. <laughs> well, refresh me here. So PlayStation Plus, whenever they release their new monthly games every month, you're able to download them to your library or mm-hmm. at least save them to your library. Mm-hmm. You don't have to download them right away, but you can download them whatever. Mm-hmm. They're still on your console even after your um, subscription expires. That's indeed true. So you get to keep those. You get to keep them, but you don't have access to them unless you have PS Plus. So okay. it'll actually lock them. Okay. But the information and save data will still be intact. And in fact, uh, to do another comparison about the cloud saves, mm-hmm. uh, if you let your PS Plus lapse, they store your cloud saves for an additional six months after that date. So if you okay. renew anywhere in that time, get back your saves. Wow. Wow. So my problem with a <laughs> right? lot of wow. uh, the detailing of this online services here is... yeah. They have had a year and six months to come up with something that is going to be sufficient in the online ecosystem space. Mm -hmm. They have the mold of what they have with Xbox, what Sony is doing, even what they've done in the past. But yet it seems like they really fell short with it, for me at least. (sighs) See, this is the difficulty with big corporations. When you offer something that your consumer base enjoys and likes and wants and you take it away or don't offer something similar again, mm-hmm. it hurts. And that's why people are going to be critical of you. You've, you landed on it. For me, Virtual Console. It was great. It didn't have Genesis games and N64 games. If you told me that there is some sort of replacement for Virtual Console, if not actually onboarding mm-hmm. that entire thing as it was, like, you know, for instance, with the, the subscription, if you, I would have no problem if you're like, hey, guys, you're going to have to pay 60 bucks a year, but here's what you're, we're doing for you. You get access to, like, maybe one NES game a month or maybe two SNES. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to promise a GameCube Spotlight of the Month. That's going to be available for free with this service. Yo, you got me. You, you got me then. And yeah, I, you would have me with that too. And I would be okay paying more for that because I feel like, yo, the value is there. I'm getting these games that are, weren't previously available to me very easily. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's continuity for these GC games that they might necessarily not take the time to remake from the ground up and mm-hmm. slap a price tag on. No, bake it into your service, dog. Simple. I literally don't see why they can't. They could. They, they could. could. And for me, it's, I don't know. It's not moving mountains. I understand that there is a huge I mean, market. Is moving mountains. Well, obviously. <laughs> I understand that there's a huge market out there for people who want retro gaming, but at this point, retro gaming has kind of been, I don't want to say it's been forced down my throat, but it's been offered to me in various capacities over the last 10 years, and I'm kind of just like, well, I've had my fill of NES games and SNES games, 
maybe move forward in the idea of retro games start offering Mm -hmm. me n64 Mm -hmm. gamecube give me some wii backlog like you have the resources and the processing power to do it just do it i don't want to say it's insulting but it's just for me there's no value prospect other than the fact that it's cheap i i won't say i'm insulted necessarily but i will say i'm not very interested so and you you know you have the opportunity because i really do enjoy the switch as a console you have the Mm. opportunity to to drag me to it and keep me with it and i that's not what this is doing for me it just seems like oh well this is a necessary thing i have to do in in case i ever want to play splatoon (laughs) yeah online i need to have online access cool all right guys I think the idea that certain free-to-play games like Fortnite are going to have their own independent server loads about Uh them and you don't have to have the online thing for it, which is cool. I think Fortnite is kind of beating to its own drum with what a lot of what it's doing with Nintendo. Especially having native voice chat. Which is crazy. Not requiring your bullshit external app. Mm -hmm. Come on, dog. And let's talk about that for a second. For something they said they would finally address with this Direct, they, they didn't address it at all. They're just kind of like, I know even we're still doing that. <laughs> I want to flip this recording table just out of like sheer lunacy over this. Like, dog, come on. You can't be in a bubble about that. People have voiced their concerns about voice chat, which mm-hmm. is, yo, you're not making it easy on us. What? What is it? Nor are you giving like a great explanation, you know? Well, Sony with PlayStation yeah. or the PlayStation Network, they have the sort of um, external app. That works really well as sort of a ancillary, ancillary, ancillary device on top of having it on your console. Like I can accept friend requests or message mm-hmm. people yeah. or buy stuff remotely from my phone. But it is supplemental. It is not something I need to use to make sure I can talk to my friends. Like what? It, <laughs> yeah. makes, it just makes no sense. Now I will say it's early days yet, especially at time of recording. It hasn't fucking launched, mm-hmm. and there is so much room for this service to evolve and become something else. Keep in mind, PSN was much different when it started, especially when they started charging for it than what it is what we consider to come yeah. from that feature set now. I want to give them the time to do it, but it seems like they had enough time to kind of like figure out and watch what everyone else is doing and figure out how they wanted to put their foot forward. And I don't think this is this is the best step that they're making. But 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 the best I could say is at least it's fucking cheap. At least it's cheap. I'll give them that. They're yep. they're definitely making it affordable and accessible. And mm-hmm. like ha- tip of the hat to you, Nintendo. I'll give you that. Like, but you know, you're not developing in a unique ecosystem. Uh, Sony is in your neck of the woods. They're doing things <laughs> that you should be doing, and they've been doing it for at least 10 years at this point. And granted, like you said, PSN wasn't always what it is now, what it was... Well, what or, it, or Xbox Live, to be Yeah, fair. like, those had their growing pains about them, but that was years ago. Mm-hmm. What? Now, I don't know. if you told me, like, hey, you know, they're going to introduce a new price point, like, let's say a year down the road, they just wanted to transition people because they did mm-hmm. introduce the online as free, and now they're saying you have to pay for mm-hmm. it. If they come out of the gates with something like I want, where it's like, hey, we're opening up the floodgates on, like, our catalog beyond NES, mm-hmm. but you pay, you have to pay, like, 40 bucks, 40 to 60 bucks a year, I'm there for it. I'd be am. fine. I'd be fine. Because, like, I, I just find myself thinking where it's like, you're just offering NES games, but you have this rich environment for indie games, and you can be spotlighting, like, one a month that mm-hmm. fucking catches fire. You know, kind of like what Sony did with uh, Rocket League. But, like, you're just giving us, you know, your old shit? I don't know. I don't know. Are they going to go ahead and offer, like, monthly discounts on certain games like Sony does with PS Plus? They haven't said. They, they, just, said, said. they just said special offers. Okay. Yeah. 
And there's no way they're going to, like, only leave the NES bundle of the controllers mm-hmm. to just exclusive members. Like, you're going to have to have those in the wild. I feel like they're going to start point. circulating in a third-party yeah. manner in, like, GameStop. Maybe they're other. just saying for, like, launch, that's what it is. Probably. They, they haven't detailed anything, like, we have an exclusive offer. Like, that's what it says on their website. I'm just like, let's talk about this for a second. <laughs> Neat idea, honestly, yeah. but they look stupid docked on that system. Oh, they look so stupid They don't docked. look good at all. Oh, it's it's god-awful. Oh, Jesus. I would like to see what I've I've seen people do. I have seen kind of modded versions of the Joy-Cons to make them look mm. like SNES controllers. Yeah. That's cool. I want something like that. I like the transparent ones. Yeah. I like those the best. The sort of, like, atomic skins that we used to have for the N64 where you can see, like, the circuitry and all that. Oh, that gets me hard. are hard, Daniel. Yeah. Stop talking about it, please. Oh, are you lactating? They're tender. They're tender. They're Ooh. tender. <sighs> Had a real good workout earlier, and they've been rubbing against his shirt all day. God, you could cut glass with those buddies. Oh, and have. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, let's get to something more fun, because there are some pretty exciting announcements that occurred during yeah. it. I tried to distill it to the stuff that I figured that we would both consider important. Mm-hmm. This is not comprehensive. We do recommend that you watch the Direct if you're interested in shit like updates to Mario Tennis. I didn't write about that, sorry. <laughs> okay, but here we go. Number one on this list from Nintendo's Direct, 9-13-18. That's the date. I just, I just wanted to give that for you. For, it's important. For series. We okay. need it. Never mind. Context is everything. The new number one on here. Luigi's not dead. Oh, hallelujah, buddy. So do we have to unwrite the obituary or? You got to go back. Ugh, we'll, we'll leave it for now. Okay. But if, if it seems inappropriate, like we might, we might be able to just cut it out again when he dies next time. <laughs> just use it all over. What if it's like a sort of Buffy summer situation where like he wanted to be dead? Right. And we brought him back, and he's like, God damn it, I don't want to be here. Yo, I would love a <laughs> Luigi's Mansion 3 where he's just tortured by his, like, new life. Oh my god. <laughs> Let's get to the psychosis of the Mansion series. Anyway, Luigi's Mansion 3 was announced for Switch, coming sometime in 2019. That's all we really got about it. The 3DS port of the original Luigi's Mansion is coming just in time for Halloween on October 12th. Cool. And the port includes multiplayer and amiibo compatibility. I have a special place in my heart for Luigi's Mansion. You do. I, I love part one when it came out on the GameCube. I, I even love Dark of the Moon. I fucking... You I was, played the shit out of that I game. I was barking at the moon for that game. <laughs> you know Luigi's my spirit animal, dog. I love Big L. <laughs> and I love ghosties. Yo, it's so spooky in that game. Somebody called it the best Ghostbusters game that never happened. I heard that. I don't know if it was uh, Greg Miller it's probably or Greg Jared Miller. Petty. Somebody said that bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I agree. You like it? You like the Luigi's Mansion? I've I've never played them. I don't know how they play, but they do look <gasps> like fun crimes. little incursions into the paranormal. Crime of crimes, sir. Crime of crimes. You need to jump on that dick. Fuck. Yes, please. It's a good game. It's a good one. Okay. It's even got like some the forced perspective of Resident Evil sometimes. Dude, come on. It's special. It's special. What do you mean, like the over the shoulder or like just the uh, way they the handle older, um The fixed perspectives. Oh, okay. like the, the Yeah, sometimes it does that. Uh, yeah, I've actually seen that yeah, before. Yeah. It's neat. I love it. Watch some speed runs if you wanted that game. People okay. try to break through like the, the ceiling of the game in order to like spam through it. What? Yeah, I, I watched it happen once and I was just like, Whoa! That's cool. <laughs> it's weird. Number two on the list. The 3DS is also not dead somehow. Kirby's Epic, yeah, I know, I know. Kirby's Epic Yarn, once a Wii game and once a Wii U game, is coming to 3DS in 2019 with additional characters to yarn epically with. 
I don't know much about that series. Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story Once a DS Game is coming to 3DS on January 19, 2019. It includes Bowser Jr.'s Journey, a new chapter starring Bowser's Spawn, as he fights for his right to party. I don't, I didn't really, <laughs> I made up something there. <laughs> Any of those excite you, buddy? <laughs> uh, nope. Nope, nothing. We can move on. Sick. Okay. Number three. The Cowards finally brought Katamari to Switch. Fuck yes. Yes. A remaster of the PS2 classic called Katamari Damacy Reroll is coming to Switch's eShop on November 30th and to stores on December 7th. Reroll keeps it rolling, 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 rolling. What? New motion controls, HD rumble, and two-player support. One Joy-Con per hand. Let's let's take a moment to talk about this. We have been crying for Katamari and Switch ever since the Switch came out. I have. Have you been? I've been. I, I don't know that I've been crying I feel like for it's it. a perfect fucking fit. No, I think so too. What's going on? I'm seeing your face real placid about this. I just... I didn't know it was going to happen. And when it did, I was like, that's kind of cool. My thought was I was just thinking over the Joy-Con support for it mm-hmm. and knowing how integral the sort of like quick roll is... Mm. Um, with the um the analog sticks on playstation mm-hmm. i was like well, i don't know how it's gonna play out in the joy con but mm-hmm. the fact that you play them separately mm-hmm. it makes more sense with the the motion control the gyro controls yeah, yeah. yeah i i think that's what's got me most excited about this one just like that game on just regular ps2 sticks could be cumbersome mm-hmm. i think this is gonna alleviate some of that for me and i'm gonna enjoy the shit well, out of this i'm one. excited too because it's gonna open it up to people who don't know how brilliant the series right? is. right and then one good Katamari leads to a next good Katamari, such as We Love Katamari, maybe even a new Katamari for the system. And new Katamaris lead to my ultimate goal, Daniel. Which I got is? the judge eyes on. Nobi Nobi Boy for the Switch. Nobi 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 in the infinite void. That I'm should be sorry. its subtitle. If they release a version of Nobi Nobi Boy before they <laughs> figure out their fucking voice chat functionality, I'll be pissed. I'll be so pissed. I will be unsurpri- unsurprised. So, the one thing I thought what would be got? cool with this uh, re-edition of Katamari Damacy would be if they put in We Love Katamari, like the sequel to the original game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I think it's just the original game, right? It's just Damacy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. But it's probably going to be pretty cheap, like less than 20 bucks. Hell yeah. Come on. I'm Dude, I get it. to roll things up and disappoint my father on the go. Hell yeah. <laughs> I do that anyway. Right? <laughs> Number four. Mario is going deluxe. The Wii U. <laughs> okay, that stopped me in my tracks. That was a nice surprise. <laughs> the Wii U's well-loved return to classic Mario platforming is coming back to Switch as new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. Okay, what the fuck? Do we really need to keep the U? Like, it's not... Okay, whatever. Anyway, it includes two new playable characters, the Invincible Nabbit and the Incorrigible Toadette, who is able to single white female into Peachette. Much more importantly, new Super Luigi U will be bundled with Deluxe Edition when it launches January 11th. Okay. This is a cool fucking game. I enjoy yeah, it, it very much. Um, it is like a multiplayer shebang. It is, though. That that could be pretty fun. It's kind of like the ultimate party game for uh, lovers of the original platforming style Mario games. Yeah, I, I have no problems with this. In fact, I was mm-hmm. I, it was just a matter of time, I thought, yeah. in my mind. It was like, they need to, like, you know, unstrand that game from the Wii U and bring it over for, like, a bigger audience. Now, this kind of brought up a question between me and you, though. Mm-hmm. What do you feel that hasn't gotten the deluxe treatment for Switch that 
still needs it because I feel like they they hit hit it hard with the games that they've already chosen. Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of games that need the sort of treatment, but this kind of paves the way in an interesting manner for other Nintendo Hallmark titles. Like they did um, a Twilight Princess HD, a Wind Waker HD that made it on the Wii U. I would love to see them make their way mm-hmm. to the Switch and maybe inevitably a Skyward Sword HD, Agreed. which they never did. But I do want to <laughs> see that. Um, I would especially like to revisit Skyward Sword. I know we talked about it before, mm-hmm. but it because the Wii mode itself was my barrier of enjoyment. Like I, I just couldn't get into the rest of that game because mm-hmm. of it. But if they translate that to the Switch in a in a pretty ideal manner, I'm all over it. I'll I'll buy it. That'd be cool. And I mean, there's some other like Wii U titles that would be at home there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, did they ever do Tropical Freeze? And... Yes, they did actually. Okay. And it's I've been meaning to kind of pick it up because. DKC is near and dear to my heart, man. I I should pick that up. I've heard nothing but good things about it. It's good. It's one of the best entries. You're one of the best entries. Thanks, dude. But no, this is cool. Uh, A lot of people actually really Mm -hmm. praise the super the new Super Mario Brothers series as being one of the best, Mm -hmm. just in terms of like style and gameplay and everything like that. And I mean, I could argue against it, but like they're not wrong. It is kind of like really refined. (laughs) I just I I would like all sorts of examples of Mario on the switch mm-hmm. so the 2d like this one and then we got odyssey which is a great representation of the 3d mario <coughs> excuse me but uh i'm not gonna be happy until they bring back the best mario sunshine sunshine you don't even put a question to it there doesn't need to be a question mark in that statement sunshine yeah i never realized it wasn't until like a few weeks ago that uh, luigi's mansion is kind of an extension a reverse extension of uh-huh. super mario sunshine uh-huh because he also it's it's a based around a device mechanic the the vacuum that he has i just like the idea that they had to bring their plumbing into a new age They're like ah well we're not making money plumbing like we used to luigi what do we do and they're like okay i'll clean up the city you clean up mansions <laughs> it's great you're luigi what was that i don't know wow <laughs> i was like i went through it i was like i'm, I'm so sorry I, I saw a green cap appear over your head brother oh my god you embodied my the, the big l <laughs> funny too because i was luigi for halloween last year and oh. were you really yeah where was i last so, year besides oh, well, sad well I, went, oh, I was sad i yeah. went to florida for that time of the year and i spent halloween with like dave and a bunch of my friends uh, jess as well and uh, dave and i we were kind of coming up with last minute um costumes and we we're like what if we were the super luigi brothers and he went as chipotle luigi it was basically just him and his chipotle, chipotle luigi. <laughs> he <had the> luigi <laughs> and then i went as the uh mushroom kingdom slasher i basically had a jason what? max and i wore like a leather jacket and i had the green hat Oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah, it's cool. I should upload this to the Twitter. You it, should really do that, yeah. please. But wait until Halloween. Okay. Wait until do that. Fantastic. Yeah. That's good con cont. Dude, I, I, I want to feed content. the content machine. I love it. I'm hungry for it. Number five on here, buddy. Yoshi's Going Artsy. In Yoshi's Crafted World, Outspring 2019. The game features a unique artistic style that calls to mind Little Big Planet and will allow two players to team up. Hmm. That's it. Okay. Now, if you really want to hit me in the feels, you're going to go ahead and put Yoshi's story on that fucking platform. That's what you're going to do. Nintendo, Reggie, Reggie, that's what you're going to do. Hopefully, if there ever is a virtual console initiative or a better retro extension. That'll be the we'll launch launch day. Ooh, launch day cool. title, Yoshi's story. Just the songs where they're like singing at the end, uh, bah, 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 doing their stupid Yoshi <laughs> no, voices. No, sing more. <laughs> I want to hear more. <laughs> 
Every time you talk about that game, you mention like the romanticism of mm. <laughs> the Yoshi compositions. Yeah, absolutely. They they strike a chord like none other. Uh, I would put them up there with Bach, mm. uh, the other guy, Philip Glass, even Philip Glass, yeah. uh, uh, Stravinsky, Stravinsky. There we go. I was like, I'll just throw composers out Thank there. Thank you. you. <laughs> Thank you. Yoshi Story and Kavinsky. What do they have in common? Oh wait, did I say Kavinsky? Yeah, <laughs> different vibe. <laughs> way different vibe although it would be a neat direction for future yoshi stories anyway number six on the list game freak is working on a non-pokemon game a pokemon if if you will he won't he's just looking at me tentatively called oh it's really funny don't get me wrong tentatively called town game freak is making a new rpg for the nintendo switch aiming for 2019 the turn-based rpg that takes place in let me check my notes a town, and also features monsters, just not cute, cuddly monsters that go in a pocketball prison. These are hulking beasts of the rampaging variety. We don't know shit else, but it looks neat. <laughs> it looked like it had a little neat art style. Okay. It kind of reminded me of Nino Kuni. Ooh. But for t- kids. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. This is kind of an exciting idea uh-huh. for Game Freak to have traditionally done pokemon games and extensions of the pokemon universe to kind of step outside and do something familiar but new Mm -hmm. i want to see where they go with it now historically they've actually done games outside of the uh the mon universe Mm -hmm. uh they did a few i think they did like a mobile game and they also did a couple for ds if i'm correct keep me honest save roommates especially our japanese listeners which is a growing group yes when we go to Japan, we're going to do a fucking live show and people are going to be like, we love this. We don't know why. We're going to do it at a karaoke bar. <laughs> yeah, but we got to start with like just, just some blasting techno at the beginning. Yeah. Just blasting. And then you're going to end with your closer, paint it black. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I see a red door and I want to play in black. Anyway, any other thoughts on this uh, this town of theirs? I mean... My town. Not really. It's not, I wasn't expecting it at all, but I think it's a cool prospect. I don't know. It's, I haven't really gotten too hard into a lot of the pokemon entries so for me it's probably not nearly as exciting for as it could mm-hmm. be for other people so mm. but kudos to them for trying something new how do i excite you ah you know i let you just move on anyway number uh <laughs> number seven on here they're putting board games on switch in their video games but they're also board games that's not how you excite me that really that's not what's gonna get you well we're still gonna have to talk about this as mode as modi digital is bringing several of their board game ip to the switch games like pandemic settlers of Catan, munchkin and lord of the rings the living card game holy shit i didn't know something like that exists (laughs) called that are being adapted in the digitized form with local multiplayer support I don't know much about board games, but when I pass their section in Barnes & Noble, their cover art is always very colorful. That's the most I got for you on that one. Yeah? No, I, every time I go to a Barnes & Noble or even like a comic yeah. book store, like the section carved out for board games right. is like, this is eye-popping. More often than not, I, I kind of mistake them for a puzzle box, and I'm like, dude, that's really cool. And then I'm like, oh, it, it's, a, it's a board game. I can't make a puzzle of this. And I get real sad. Hmm. I spend a lot of time sad inside of Barnes and Nobles, now that I think back at it. So, hmm. say they keep going with this board game initiative. It's real sad. Hmm? What's that? <laughs> say they keep going with this board game initiative, yeah. What are God. some other board games that you would love to see them bring to the Switch? Like, what do you think could really work? I don't like board games. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. There we go. Uh, that's, okay, that's all I got. 
<laughs> no, I'm just not a board game guy. I don't know why. I've always like things with rule sets and sitting down and all that. I, I don't know. Maybe because I've never had like, you know, like a bigger friend group to be like, hey, let's sit down and like mm. go through a campaign of something. I'm open to the idea and I should be open. Bad on me for not experiencing everything gaming has to offer. So I don't want to shit on it too much. But historically, me, Kevin, board games, don't mix. Board games for me were just always that sort of medium that I connected with my family with. Because, mm. like, you know, family members, all different ages, walks of life, they don't all play video games. We don't all watch the same things. True. Um, so that's how we would connect. Like, after dinner, you know, we would just unwind. We'd play Rummy Cube or we'd play Boggle, games of that nature. And it was just a fun way to connect. Um, I don't know that I'm going to reconnect with my aunt over the Switch this way, but it could be cool. <laughs> they bring rummy cube to the switch i might <laughs> right i just uh i also recognize as modi uh they basically just you know eat up anything to do with board game ips either by buying up a company buying up a property like mm-hmm. they're they're huge and i was like fuck now you're getting the video games uh, they might they might do something and they might find themselves a nice little niche you know because there's pc examples of this of like being able to play like D online with yeah. friends and shit they could have something here for sure that was one of the thoughts i had where it's like i haven't actually sat down and organized a group of friends to play D with mm. but it would be cool to have that option on the switch want to be a dm yeah kind of mm, yeah you know what else i would like what's up bring cards against humanity to the switch yo like yo that would be a neat endeavor switch after hours right that would be kind of neat too, because like especially if you can keep on just getting content packs rather than having like physical shit, because mm-hmm. that's what they're doing for these games. You can download the expansions for like you know paid content. Okay. Okay. Cool. Like if you want to. Damn, you you're full of good ideas, dude. I just want to flip you upside down and see what comes out of that beautiful mouth of yours. Oh jeez, please don't flip me. It's gonna down. happen right Jimmy after John's this, buddy. Still sitting in me. Yo, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you like a predator, like a yatcha, and just get you from a tree and be like, give me those ideas, buddy. <laughs> 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 number eight on here and i'm help. i'm excited now p- keep in mind it's ironic that this is number eight on the list what are you looking at so hard i don't worry about it. i'm just looking at my phone i'm worried about you number eight for being the final fantasy there sure are a shit ton of them <laughs> square enix is bringing over so goddamn many final fantasies to the switch it's a dearth of final fantasy let's summon the whole list here goes. Final Fantasy XV Pocket Edition is already on the eShop. It features the best boys, but small. On November 6th, World of Final Fantasy Maxima is coming out. It's about siblings slapping cute monsters. I don't know anything about it. Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon, everybody, and I do mean it's, it's like you and me, buddy, in there. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Isn't that so cute? It's coming out in the winter. It's a roguelike starring a big chicken. <gasps> Final Fantasy VII is coming in 2019. It's the one about the big sword cloud man. Final Fantasy IX is coming in 2019. It's the one with the pirate monkey guy. Final Fantasy X slash 10-2 HD is coming in 2019. <laughs> Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac Age, is coming in 2019. The protagonist is nude. Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles is also coming out in 2019. It's the GameCube game that you didn't play, nor do you know anyone that played it. In fact, no one knows anyone that played this game, but I'm sure it's still somehow considered a cult classic. Now, it's ironic that I numbered it number eight because they're excluding number fucking eight. And there are eight entries on the list. 
Uh, is there really eight games yeah, coming out? Up. Yo, dude, this is like a pentagram being made to summon this fucking game up from the ashes. Squall's just gonna come up out of a pentagram. Whatever. He's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, dissolve back into the ground. Please give it to me, dog. Now, I actually, a lot of people are asking, like, well, well, the people that actually give a shit, because every time somebody says, where's eight, somebody else wants to fucking dish on it. Mm-hmm. Fuck y'all. It's a classic. <laughs> sure. It's great. I love it. And it's it, my it's, favorite. It's critical to the history of Final Fantasy. <sighs> the diplomat. Hmm? Hmm. Now, I've heard the reason why is because a lot of these ports are working off of the PC versions of these games. And the original PC edition of Final Fantasy VIII, which came out years ago, had a terrible MIDI soundtrack. So they would actually have to go back and rework a lot of that game, mm-hmm. a lot of that uh, you know, or- orchestral sound. and get The, the sound design in entirety, actually, for a hundred mm-hmm. ou- like plus hour endeavor. Like, that's a time right. sink. For sure. For sure. I think that might be pretty difficult where they have to think about, like, how are yeah. we going to position that or i hope the answer isn't why are we even going to do it and then they don't because mm-hmm. i would be pretty fucking sad about that i want to play this game again on the switch on the ps4 i'll buy it for both i'll buy it for both buddy i love part eight i, I don't i don't yeah. doubt that you would i would so this is cool because um let's talk about the rest of them you're right you're right no no i'm just gonna say in general like uh nintendo hasn't really gotten too many main entry final fantasy games um past what they did on the NES and SNES era. So to, mm. to see Nintendo kind of going back and be like, well, Final Fantasy started with us. Yeah. Now we're going to kind of give it to you all at once. Um, it's it's a neat prospect. I'm shocked that the Switch can run half of these games, but also, you know. <laughs> and there is a hunger for them. Uh, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy XV, the, the Pocket Boy edition, is number one in the eShop right now. That game now. sells. It's selling, dude. People dig it. I yeah. want to pick it up now. I'm interested because I looked at some of the gameplay and I was like, oh, it's like a simplified version of this game. Fuck it's, yeah. It's honestly like the Redux version. You get all I'm the story it. beats. You get a little kind of open-worldy stuff, but like none of the dungeons, none of the crazy overhaul stuff that we had to do. So I'm into it. And I've never been a big fan of 7, whatever, mm-hmm. but I might pick up 9 for Switch. Uh, as for the others, I think I already have access to the rest like already. I'm, I'm okay. But yeah. it's cool that they're all there. I just picked up the nine remaster like this year. I actually was playing the Zodiac Age, Final Fantasy twelve, earlier this year as well. Um, I was considering getting the Final Fantasy ten and ten two remaster again just to play it again. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I don't know that I would get it on the Switch though. My I, thing got, is. I got an important question for you. What's up? When's Lightning gonna return? She never left, man. We have a trilogy of games that nobody's really talking about. Come on, man. I'm not saying they're great. I'm just saying, for continuity's sake, you got all these all these other fucking games mm-hmm. on there. What are we gonna see? Uh, Lightning come back. I like that there are some that have been excluded. <laughs> Obviously, like the MMOs, Final Fantasy XI, Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, granted, they don't really support XI anymore. I mean, given the so. amount of infrastructure and upkeep that those would take, yeah. it doesn't even make sense. To pull and if them. your online service isn't even all there, like that's gonna be a nightmare. Oh my god. Yeah. Could you imagine? Could you imagine trying to do Realm Reborn with the online ecosystem they have right now? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Honestly, the most confusing announcement that they could dish at me is like, we're bringing back 11 for the Switch. I'd be like, what? Yeah. Okay. Let's give us a second life here on the Switch. Oh. Uh, no, let's not. No, nah, no, nah, we're all right. We're yeah. all right. But I don't know. It's We assume that a lot of people have access to a lot of consoles like we do, but not every household has like a, a, a Sony console and a Microsoft console and a Nintendo console. So the people mm. who have been like 
um, dedicated Nintendo players their entire life, this is cool to finally give them an extension of like other franchises that they might not have touched. Yeah, that's true. I think that's that's cool. true. It's kind of a I like I like uh, so. the Switch is just bridging the gap, man. This is unification right here, man. Switch comes in and just brings everybody together. Third parties, families. Uh, it it cures drug addiction. I heard. Well, mm-hmm. next update. Fuck. <laughs> I got two more on here, buddy. We're getting through this. Don't worry. Number nine. Capcom definitely listens to this show, and that's why they're bringing back their beat-em-ups. Nice. <laughs> because if it isn't closed-circuit open worlds, we're often demanding an endless supply of beat-em-ups. To meet that demand, they're releasing the Capcom beat-em-up bundle featuring seven 2D slobber knockers. It's Final Fight, Captain Commando, King of Dragons, Knights of the Round, Warriors of Fate... Armored Warriors, and Battle Circuit. The last two have never been available on any console before. The bundle will be available on the eShop September 18th, and yes, it's coming to other consoles too. What, what? I'm into it. pretty cool. Dude, we got Streets of fucking Rage 4 coming out. We got fucking Final Fight in a collection with other beat-em-ups. We're going to see a renaissance, son. Beat-em-ups are coming the fuck back. I sure as hell hope so. So you... Yeah. We're steaming me up about this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you were still kind of disappointed. I'm disappointed that not all of the Final Fights are on here, first of all. Mm -hmm. I understand it may start to look like the Final Fight collection, but number two, (laughs) number two on here. Where the fuck is Alien vs. Predator Arcade? (sighs) A Capcom joint that used basically the engine of Final Fight. You can do fucking cancel. You play as a group of Predators and humans that are actually from the Dark Horse comics, including what is supposed to be what I assume Dutch, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character from Predator. I don't think they call him Dutch. Maybe they call him, like, Robo-Dutch or something. (laughs) You get to play as him, and you get to beat the shit out of aliens. Fuck up a Xenomorph's day. It is the most amusing arcade brawler, and because of licensing issues, it has never come to home consoles. Be bold, Capcom. Make this happen. I'm sure it's actually not worth it at all. Probably not. To like reach out the Fox and try to make that happen. They're like, okay, cool. Um, give us 50 million. They're like, whoa, no, no, no. We're trying to make like an eShop game. And they're like, oh, give us 49 million. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Fox really understands yeah. the importance of gaming and gaming ecosystems. They don't give a shit. Oh, fuckers. God <laughs> damn it. I want it so bad, dude. I'll pay. Well, I won't say I'll pay anything for it, but I'll, I'll pay it You would at least pay it. like nineteen ninety nine for it. I pay 20 bucks to get that yeah. game back. I I never had the joy of playing it, but... I showed you videos. You showed it. me videos and it does look really cool and it's right up my alley. <sighs> Once in a while, <coughs> they, they bring the actual arcade unit to like places like uh, Akon in Texas and shit. I forget who does it. I think it's uh, SGC does that shit, but... Mm-hmm. Whew, what a joy. But this is good. I hope it pays away for like maybe another collection. How many more? I mean, there was a time in the 90s where Capcom was only making beat-em-ups. Everything was a beat-em-up. That's true. You wake up and your life is a beat-em-up. That's what it was, working for Capcom. <laughs> Fucking walk downstairs, have breakfast, you have to fight your mom, you have to fight your up. brother. You fight your mom. Slap him with a frying pan. <laughs> Give me that bacon, boy. You can only move in, like, two dimensions. Like, uh, you go up or you go right. Fucking choose. <laughs> eating entire fucking turkeys off of the ground to power yourself <laughs> <laughs> to beat up your younger brother the 90s were weird dog plus really, pogs <laughs> the last one on here daniel number 10 don't cross these animals especially not animal crossings isabel because the full-time assistant to the mayor will be assisting in the dispersal of animals 
ass whoopings in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Shortly after that announcement, the placid Tom Nook took over the direct to finally answer your girlfriend's prayers. There's a new Animal Crossing game headed to Switch in 2019. I've never played one. <laughs> um, I played a little bit of uh, City Folk. It's charming. It's charming. fun. What do you? What, what do you? So like, what do you do? I know it's like you, you, you garden, you maintain shit. Like, what do you do? It's just kind of like a little town simulator where you, you okay. are a new inductee into a town. You become resident, and your goal in most games, I think, is to become mayor eventually. What? Um, but you basically just do jobs for the residents, and you help out. You go fishing. You so chase the, bees out of trees. So is the actual mayor slacking? I think so. Really? Yeah. So he's doing a poor job of managing this town. That's why hmm. you have to come in and fucking kind of re-infrastructure the gotcha. town. Gotcha. Gotcha. I don't know. I have not honestly given too yeah. much time for those games. Uh, I just know every girlfriend I've had in existence has like goes fucking atomic for these games. Like everything else is is secondary to animal crossing concerns no it's so true there was actually a point in time um over the last year where i was like well i'm having trouble getting dates on tinder how can i increase my flow of people <laughs> and i added the line we'll buy you animal crossing holy shit and dude, my what? fucking likes are fucking through the roof now <laughs> <laughs> it is like the ultimate girlfriend game like you said what did yeah. you do <laughs> So I don't know if you're if it's like that's exploitive or brilliant, man. It's like, listen, I mean, you have a lot of great like, you know, I can sell people on different aspects of you. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I had this bonus. <laughs> <laughs> He'll buy you Animal Crossing. I'll for do it, man. Sure. <laughs> I'll buy you Animal Crossing and I'll cuddle the shit out of you. Oh, Jesus. We talked about this last night that like that is a perfect girlfriend game for like the mm. the organizational freaks. Whereas, like, the Pokemon games are, like, the ultimate action games for them. Yes. It speaks to the game freak in them. Right. The g- <laughs> Yo, you girl freak, game freak got the game for her. <laughs> you want to battle monsters? Boom. Boom. Do it. That's for the aggressive girls. So, I don't know. This is cool because for as long as we've known about the Switch, people have been screaming about a new Animal Crossing. Oh, my God, dude. And I'm glad that uh, Nintendo finally gave it to you guys. I'm happy you all can shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very happy cool. about it. It'll keep them busy for another year. Maybe I'll play it. Like, I've heard is a gateway drug to other games of that ilk. You know, Stardew Valley and whatnot. Yeah. Maybe. I, I, hear, th- I hear nothing but good things. I've just never given myself the shot to enjoy a chill game. I don't know why. I think it has some interesting systems that play, like, when you close the game or put the software to sleep, like, it keeps going. Mm -hmm. So the town is alive even when you're not tending to it. You'll get notifications on certain days. Like, say it's your birthday, you'll get a fucking letter from, like, a townsfolk or something. Yeah, the game keeps going based off of the in-game calendar. It knows too much about me. Say you tended crops for two weeks straight and you leave the game for two weeks, you come back, you're going to have a lot of crop tending to do. Oh, I don't have a silly ha-ha for you, but this reminds me of a story where uh, a big thing between one player, I think he wrote about it on one of the sites, one player had with his, I think his mother... Uh, was that game Animal Crossing. So they would like, you know, you were able to like leave notes to other people's towns and yeah. such. And he was actually getting notes after she passed away, like from her that were encouraging and just kind of stamped with the personality. And it was such like a big connecting factor. Oh, wow. I love little stories like that about like these types of games that allow that kind of uh, interaction with mm-hmm. each other because you never, like the intention is like, oh, it's cute and it's neat and engagement. You never think like, oh, well, someone might pass away and this might be someone's only lasting connection to something mm-hmm. that they don't have anymore hmm animal crossing 
That's interesting. It is interesting, right? You know what's also interesting? What's that? that? Isabel's coming to the, the Super Smash Brothers roster. And has there's been an upswing in DeviantArt porn based on her. Are you kidding? Oh, I saw some... Patrick Klevick decided to fucking tweet out uh, her, like, on her stomach, lifting up her skirt and just farting a bunch through her <laughs> panties. Fucking God. And she's like, how's that smell, Mayor? <laughs> And I can't get it out of my head. That's I'm glad I haven't seen it's it yet. It's such a reviling thing to just like it's just stuck in there, dude, like a fish hook in my brain. I can't stop. I Listen, can't stop. she's gone stir crazy managing those town folk. <laughs> and now she's pissed. You know? People aren't paying for their homes. They owe her bells. She's gonna go out there and whack a fool with a fishing rod and get what's hers. Roommates, I hope we're not too much of a roller coaster. We went from like kind of a heartfelt <laughs> aspect of this game to talking about panty uh, farts. Panty farts. <laughs> this is a rough show. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't listen to us. No, I wouldn't either. And so the people that that can sit through this, through the highs uh, and the lows, and the, our worst takes. Thank you. Thank you. Your dude. shirts in the mail. Thank you. It's a size small. <laughs> um so that's the direct that's the direct any any big takeaways from you before we cap this one off i really like the consistency of support for this console Mm -hmm. that's happening here i wouldn't have not expected it from nintendo but i am seeing them kind of rope in like third parties in a way that we really desired in previous generations where now it's just like oh shit this game's coming to the switch how did they get that and it's like fucking cool you know examples like doom yeah it's fucking cool like i'm just kind of into it it's interesting too because we just got this image around like the first direct like before the switch launched of all these companies and third-party publishers that they'd be working with but we yeah. didn't really know how and now it's all coming to fruition i think a lot of people were very cynical about that mm-hmm. and just like oh it's probably gonna be some sort of like super deformed port of madden or some bullshit and it's like nah dude the entirety of doom and wolfenstein are on this bitch that's cool they probably take up your entire fucking 32 gigabyte hard drive that's another issue but that's there. just nintendo doing nintendo <laughs> i know i agree the continued support is cool although like i feel like i'm getting nintendo direct fatigue because oh, i feel yeah. like we're getting one like every other week at this point this has to be the last one of the year right no yeah that's true until smash comes out they won't shut the fuck i mean up. i imagine we're gonna get at least one more smash direct because i feel yeah. like there's oh, at yeah. least two or three characters they're kind of holding still no, there's two characters yeah yeah i feel like there's some more there Jesus. um and then we're going to probably get some more stuff for pokemon let's go because that's right around the corner oh you're so right okay it's october right i could see the fatigue but at the same time it's like you know i feel like this audience that has stuck in with nintendo for so long those diehards weren't getting this kind of thing that maybe Sony and Microsoft were offering, especially Mm -hmm. these big old presentations, you know? I love that Nintendo found their own kind of niche and their way to deliver their message to fans directly through a direct. (laughs) No, I I don't disagree. And I think it is probably one of the most rewarding times to be a Nintendo fan. Yeah, so I I think especially to that kind of fan, it's not like too much. Mm -hmm. It's just right because it's hitting that spot every time, you know? There's at least like two or three solid announcements that tickle tickle every Nintendo fan, Mm -hmm. so... Like, even me, to be kind of, like, an outsider to that ecosystem. Because, like, I'm not totally in love with Nintendo in that way. Like, yeah. I grew up with it, but, like, you know. I, I'm I'm just kind of looking at this and going, like, this is cool. Well, it's, I just love that they're offering us, like, this buffet of options. Like, different games mm-hmm. from all walks of life, different styles. Like, they're really bringing their best stuff to the table. Right, and like I said, we didn't even talk about everything that they announced. That <laughs> That's a lot of shit coming to the, the Switch, man. Mm-hmm. 
Well, yeah, there was like a yokai game that, that yeah, they yeah. announced and a bunch of other things. This mech game, Damon, uh, Damon Machina, that looks Which fucking looks really cool. That looks really cool. It looks like another Zone of the Enders. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm into it, man. I'm there for it. It almost makes me want to dust off the Switch right now. Yeah. Like put down Tomb Raider and maybe like pick up fucking Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition. Oh my God. <laughs> Dude, I miss the boys. They're back in town. I, t- I told you, but I didn't tell the save roommates. I oh. actually got the whole like Royal Pack Edition. So all the expansions, everything. Are you coming back? You I coming might, back to I the might, fold? I don't know. After I beat Spider-Man, like I'm not going to venture to buy Tomb Raider. So I'll, I'll play it when you're done. But I might dip yeah. back into the world of Yo. Final Fantasy. Yo. But not the actual game world of Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy 15. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the world of Final Fantasy yeah, not, no, not that one. All right. Cool. Well, stay tuned, y'all. Actually, this is a good time to do some housekeeping. So if you want to see his adventures through the Royal Edition with the boys, uh, you can find Daniel at twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels, right? Do you want to say me? Do you want to do me? Uh, and you can find Kevin, the best boy, the Twitch affiliate these days, <laughs> over at twitch.tv slash the Red Herb. Oh, thank you kindly. Yeah. Thank you kindly. If you uh, want to hit us up on Twitter, please do. Uh, I think we're going to try to start doing giveaways like pretty soon. Oh, yeah. We uh, should do some Switch giveaways. We actually just hit 100 followers. We're sitting at like 102 uh-huh. right now. Thank you guys so fucking much. Seriously. That's kind of cool for us. Right. So you can find us on Twitter at Save Room Show. Sometimes our content's okay. Sometimes. Just yell at us. Sometimes we ruffle some feathers and spoil some things and piss off Nintendo fans. That happens a lot. Yeah. That's okay. But, you know, that's you, the internet. You can't please everybody. No, you can't. We're, we're just trying to please each other, really. Don't look at me. There's a lot of stuff happening. Judge <laughs> oh my god um last bit of housekeeping here you should be able to find this episode well i mean it'll be to you by the time it comes out but (laughs) probably this tuesday and then later in the week expect to find our spoiler cast for spider-man we're really excited to get that one to you guys you can find us on google play itunes stitcher rs feeds and of course soundcloud and sometimes behind the starbucks near us that's run by geriatric women yeah. yeah. We've just been like graffitiing like our images and things right. like, against the wall and just talking like Jay and Silent Bob would. <laughs> just <laughs> say, putting things like, oh, you know, despite all my rage, I'm still just in a David Cage. <laughs> We're not getting the best response there, but we get some traction from hobos. <laughs> they chuckle sometimes. Yeah. It's fine. But we thank you so much. And uh, how do we end these? We used to do like, uh, thanks for saving your games, but I don't know. Uh, oh no and always remember to save your games how about we try judge Judge. Judge. good night guys good night guys (laughs)